0: If you're experiencing sugar cravings and you feel like I just crave sweets every single night without fail, that's often a big sign that you're not getting enough protein, especially early in the day.
1: What's going on everyone? Emily Abadi here. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride towards your own big potential. And of course have some fun along the way. For today's conversation, I am bringing back in my girl, Michelle Pilipich. She is a registered dietitian, a friend of the show. This is her second appearance here on Hurdle, and today we are talking all about protein. Is it just me, or literally, I feel like everywhere I look lately, whether it's on social media, well, mostly it's on social media, everyone's talking about protein the topic of conversation. How much are you having and are you having enough and telling me that I should be having more if I'm not having 160 grams and I'm doing something wrong? Yeah, it's a lot. I recently sat down with a nutritionist myself to get Maybe what could be a macronutrient breakdown that works for me and my body and my goals. I talk about that with Michelle today, but we dive into the specifics relevant to this hot topic. How much protein does the average person need? How that can differentiate based on your goals what to be mindful of when it comes to protein consumption post-exercise, and what are good sources of protein? What should the breakdown of your protein intake be during the day? Does it matter if you front load the day? Does it matter if you consume it all at night? And so much more. I am so grateful to Michelle for jumping in here, giving us the expert take so that we can make sure we're fueling our bodies in the right way, taking care of ourselves in the best way possible. Uh, Note here, we do say this multiple times throughout the episode, but this is all a guideline. Please make sure to consult one-on-one with an expert who can talk to you about specifically what's happening with you and your body, uh, guiding you toward your goals make sure you're following along with hurdle over on social it's at hurdle podcast you know me I'm over at Emily Abadi I'm looking forward to seeing everyone tomorrow that is New York based at the hurdler huddle we do have just a few more spots so if you're listening to this and you don't have plans tomorrow Thursday night July 27th I would love to see you at the huddle the link to register is in the show notes with that let's get to it let's get to hurdling Today, I am sitting down with Michelle Pilipich. She is a registered dietitian, a friend of the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to chat.
0: I'm excited to have you back here.
1: Tell us what's going on. What's new? Give us the
0: 411. What's going on? Um, I am doing the usual thing in private practice, working with nutrition clients. I'm currently, just this weekend, kicked off my own marathon training for marathon number two, which is both. Terrifying and exciting because I remembered during number one saying I was never doing it again, but here we are. So it's a it's a busy but fun summer,
1: a busy but fun summer. What marathon are we running? Running New York. All right, well, excited to cheer you on IRL. I know that I will definitely definitely be out there, and I'm sure you're yes. going to crush it. You are back on the show today to talk about something that is important, whether or not you're training for something like a marathon, and that is protein consumption. I feel like right now, everywhere I go, I'm sure I will say this in the intro as well. It is like eat protein, eat protein, eat protein. And it's like, there's no such thing as enough protein. And I am overwhelmed and needed an expert to come here and give us the lowdown. So Michelle, where do we begin?
0: Where do we begin? Well, I will start by telling you there is such a thing as too much protein. So we'll get to that and like how to figure out what's really going to work. And I think it's important to share that I come at everything from an intuitive eating perspective. And so I like to keep it simple. I like to keep it um, achievable for people. I want to explain this in a way so that you don't have to be Super meticulous about numbers and tracking, and nobody needs a food scale ever, unless you bake bread. I actually do have a food scale for my bread, <laughs> so I take that back. But um, it doesn't have to be crazy, but yeah, protein is important. I think that a big part of why it's so overhyped, because yes, I see it being way overhyped, is because protein is the one nutrient that has not been demonized. By diet culture, right? Like carbs have a bad rap. Fat has a bad rap. Everybody's afraid that those things cause weight gain or make you unhealthy in whatever way. And nobody's really said anything bad about protein. So people just latch to protein as like the golden ticket for everything. And that's not really, it's not that it's not true. Like, yes, protein's important. It's good for us. And it's not necessary to be obsessive. So- right yeah we we certainly do need it for um, muscle growth and repair. I think that's why a lot of active folks are really intentional about protein. We need it for satiety, like staying full and being able to focus and go about your day is a huge a huge benefit of having enough protein. And something I share with a lot of clients that most people don't know is if you're experiencing, sugar cravings and you feel like I just crave sweets every single night without fail, that's often a big sign that you're not getting enough protein, especially early in the day. So speaking to
1: my soul. So what we're getting (laughs) at here is a lot of the reasons why protein is imperative in the diet. You mentioned that it is important here for satiety, but beyond that, also important because protein is an important building block for so many of the things in our body, bones, muscles, cartilage, skin. I think, isn't it that our hair and nails are comprised almost entirely of protein, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look
0: at me go. It's a It's a part of so many things. You've got it. You're on a roll. It's a part of so many things that we want to build and maintain and huge, huge factor for recovery from wounds or injuries. So any injured athletes get that protein. It's so important. Also digesting, right? I believe half of the amount of dietary
1: protein that we consume each day basically goes into making enzymes and those enzymes aid in digesting food. And that then makes new cells, new body chemicals, all things that are super, super important. You're like more up on your science than I am. <laughs> look at me go. <laughs> look at me go. Bringing <laughs> in some of that precision nutrition information now. Yeah, so you got it. With this said, we have a good concept of why protein is important. So the next question is how does someone know how much protein they need in a day? And that does that amount differ between someone who may consider themselves an athlete, although we're all athletes and someone who may not be as active?
0: Yes, it does differ. It's a good question. And I want to start off by just putting a big kind of disclaimer before everything. I say that it's so individual nutrition is so individual this is kind of an intro and I am always going to recommend speaking to a registered dietitian. So cosine. Great. (laughs) So the recommendations for protein are mostly given in grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And the recommended grams per kilogram from the dietary guidelines are 0.8 grams to one gram per kilogram of body weight. So kilograms, pounds to kilograms, that conversion is roughly half. So if somebody weighs 150 pounds, they're going to be roughly 75. I'm hoping my math is right, right? Kilograms. And then one gram per one gram of protein per those 75 kilograms would be 75 grams of protein. Okay. That is dietary guidelines basics, which is aimed at like the average American. So that's the very low end. And for most people, that's low. A lot of folks need more protein, especially like you said, anyone who is active in any way. So somebody who is an athlete is active, there's going to be a big range in um, the amount of protein that they're going to need. But for like a general kind of recreational athlete, somebody like myself, I would say you probably want more of like 1.5 to 2 grams per kilogram. So then if you think about that same example, we could jump from 75 to up to 150 grams of protein in a day. So it really is a pretty big range. And that's where the individual individuality really
1: comes into play. Definitely. I mean, I was speaking to someone the other day. I'm never, I have never in my life been a macros tracker, but I was just curious in this conversation to learn a little bit about what the macronutrient breakdown could look like for someone like me. And I was told that my macronutrients for protein would be 165 grams, which truly just
0: feels quite difficult to stomach, no pun intended. <laughs> I I mean, yes, it is certainly possible that you need that much protein. You're very active. You're running, you're cycling, you're strength training, you're doing all of the things. So somebody with that level of activity does need quite a bit of protein. I also need to be so clear about my insane love for carbohydrates and athletes need so many carbs. So again, per that dietary guidelines recommendation, we want 40 to 60% of our calories to be coming from carbs. So for most endurance athletes, carbs are still number one. And then you also need the protein. You also need the fat. You, you need it all. But we really do want to prioritize the carbs and the protein. And like you're saying, that can be daunting for people. That can be hard. And so a lot of people are under eating their protein without even realizing it. It's not to a degree where you're necessarily deficient because, you know, I, I always ask my clients this question when they ask me about protein. And I will ask you, have you heard of the condition called kwashiorkor? No, that sounds jazzy. (laughs) Nobody's heard of it. That's the term, the like disease for protein malnutrition. And nobody's heard of it because we don't have that issue generally in the United States. That's where like, you know, you're truly protein deficient. That shows up in countries without adequate access to food resources. So if you are consuming enough food to meet your overall caloric intake, you're going to be eating enough protein in general. It's really when we're thinking about specific goals, um, especially for athletes and performance-based and recovery-based that you want to think about being super intentional about your protein. Does it matter how we intake this protein
1: throughout the day? Like, is it better to consume protein at the front end of your day versus the
0: tail end of your day. Does that even matter? Yes, it it does. I would say the best thing to do is to have it consistently throughout your day because we also want to think about absorption. And if you're eating more than 30 to 40 grams of protein at once, your body's not absorbing all of it. And then you're essentially wasting, right? You're not getting the benefits that you think you are. So you don't really want to have more than that, like roughly 30 grams serving at once. So thinking about protein in terms of servings rather than grams is what I like to guide people towards. It's just a little bit easier to wrap your head around. And then it's going to be easiest to get those servings in at your three meals a day plus snacks. So in general, I guide people to have all three of their macronutrients, protein, carb, and fat. At every meal and everybody needs their solid three meals a day. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're getting all three macros. And then snacks are where there's going to be more variety of what someone is hungry for or needs throughout the day. So at your snacks, I recommend having two of the three macronutrients at a minimum, ideally always a carb because carbs are our body's preferred source of energy and that we want that steady intake to keep your blood sugar stable, Keep yourself energized, especially if you're working out. Um, So if somebody is, if they know that they need more protein, if they're focusing on their protein intake, I would say go for protein as your second macro at all your snacks rather than fat so that you just have that focus on it and that full serving those other like one to three times a day in addition to your meals. (laughs) this is, I guess, indica- indicative of how often
1: I snack, but in terms of you're saying like space it out. So if I'm having lunch at 12, is it enough mm-hmm. time to then have a snack at one thirty, or is that too close together?
0: So it's not necessarily too close together. I would say if you're hungry for a snack at one you you're not eating enough at lunch. Ideally, you wanna be eating roughly every three to four hours. And if you're hungry sooner than that, you probably want to add whatever's in that snack to your meal. Taking a
1: break from today's episode to give some love to my friends at AG1. Man, I cannot remember what my life was like before AG1 was a part of my everyday routine. You know it, you've heard it here before on the show. For those of you that may be out of the loop, it's a greens powder. It's not just a greens powder, though. It's got all of my essential vitamins and minerals. It's got 75 whole food sourced ingredients, the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, as well as prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, and superfoods. It's a sweet sip that I just shake up with an ice cube, 12 ounces of water, give or take, and bring into the office. It is my sign for myself. That is time to get the day going. I love drinking this stuff. I love the way that it makes me feel. And I know that it can be a stellar addition to your routine. If you're looking for one easy thing that you can do for yourself, a gift you can give to yourself every single day, I'm telling you, AG1 is it. Now, of course, they have an offer for the Hurdle audience. Head on over to drinkag1.com hurdle to get five free travel packs as well as a year's supply of vitamins vitamin D with your purchase. I literally just put my dropper of vitamin D in with my greens powder as well. Get it all in one simple sip. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash hurdle to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D today. Now let's talk about How to get in the right amount of protein for your body. So, we've already addressed how to figure out what that Goldilocks amount may be for you and have already stressed the importance of talking to someone one on one to get really specific and dialed in to what may be right for you and your body. Knowing that, what are your recommendations for the hurdler to make sure that they're getting in enough protein to their diet?
0: Yeah. So, like I said, I like to think about it more in terms of servings and a serving is going to be roughly like 25, 30 grams. So that's going to be a different amount of food based on what you're eating. Plant-based proteins are going to have less protein per serving than animal proteins. Um, So that's something that we can talk more about. But um, thinking about spacing those like roughly 30 gram portions, Throughout your day. So, if we use, let's use you as an example, and we'll use this 160 number, and I'll show you how it's possible. Please. (laughs) So, if you're aiming for 30 to 40 as that max intake of grams of protein every time you eat, you're probably going to have more at your meals than your snacks. So, let's say you're doing 33 times a day at your meals, that's 90 grams. So, people often think of this like 100 grams of protein goal as A lot. If 100 is their number, it's just a number that's kind of thrown out there. And I think anything above 100 can seem impossible. But just to show you, if you have that 30 grams three times a day, you're already at 90. And then if you have three snacks a day, so let's say you have a morning, afternoon, and evening snack, and you get those 30 grams again, you're at another 90, and that's 180. And your snacks are probably going to be a little less. So make those 20 And then you've got the 60, you're at 150. So you're kind of in that range because also something important to remember is, you know, we think about protein as like, okay, you're serving of chicken that's got 30 grams of protein, but a lot of foods have more than one macronutrient. So you're still getting some protein in your peanut butter, in your broccoli, in your whatever else. And so all of those little portions in the other foods are going to add up as well.
1: Right. And this is like when I started to think about the amount of protein that I was consuming at breakfast. For instance, an egg only has 12 grams of protein. So I went from eating two eggs to eating three eggs, trying to be cognizant of the amount that I was getting in. Also being mindful that the, I think it's like a Swiss, I can't even say the other type of cheese blend that I buy from (laughs) Trader Joe's. I know that that cheese has some protein, right? So- Mm -hmm. To your point, keeping in mind that foods that may not be protein-forward still have it in the mix and the macronutrient breakdown, and that contributes to the overall bigger picture.
0: Yes, and everything's a range. Our caloric needs are a range, protein needs are a range. Like nobody is hitting the exact same number of whatever nutrient every single day. It's always going to be a range. So you're probably going to land somewhere in your range if you're eating Enough And what you said about portions is really important because I do want to make sure people are aware that while getting enough protein from plant-based sources is 100% possible, it does take a lot more intention because those foods just have less. So, for example, if you're getting beans as your protein in your lunch rather than meat, a serving of meat will have that 30 grams, but a half cup of beans has like six So even if you're eating a full cup of beans, that's 12 grams. We need to double that. And eating two cups of beans is going to be hard on your digestive system. You may not be pleasant to be around for the rest of the day. So it's something that you really have to be creative with and combine different sources of protein so that you can still have a meal that's like palatable.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about snack ideas aside from mm-hmm. a protein shake. And then let's talk about what to be cognizant of if you're reaching for a ready to drink protein shake from the store. So first and foremost, snack ideas that are protein forward.
0: Ooh. Okay. So Greek yogurt is a great one. Um, great source of protein doing the Greek yogurt with some granola. I'm a big fan of of a lot of proteins that are kind of like love hate for people. So I love hard boiled eggs. Like you said, most people need three, three or four. When somebody tells me they have one egg as a serving, that kind of makes me want to cry because it's just (laughs) not enough. I also love canned fish, canned tuna, canned salmon. And there are different brands that make them in little packets that have different flavors. So doing those with crackers some good, like crackers and tuna salad is great. There are lots of different brands of meat sticks, like chomps, that's kind of like the beef jerky type thing. So you could get those. And cottage cheese is like really having its moment right now. I also like it sweet, mix it with some jam, put it on toast. It's great. So it's great. Yeah, rightfully so. It's having a moment. <laughs> sometimes I have, uh, speaking of
1: like the meat sticks, which is like such a funny term, sometimes I get a little thrown off because with, things like that or other pre-packaged options, a lot of the time you'll find a really high sodium content. Can you Mm -hmm. talk
0: on that? Yeah. So again, if we're thinking about athletes, especially in the summer, you're sweating, you're losing sodium, you're losing electrolytes and needing to replenish. So depending on the person, it might not be the worst thing in the world. It also depends on your total, like the big picture of your diet. If you are someone who cooks at home a lot, I always tell people you're never going to be eating too much sodium when you're making your own food because to get to that level, it would taste bad. So it's not really the concern. So if you're cooking all your meals at home and then you're having one package snack a day, I wouldn't worry about it. If you are reaching for those every single day, then yeah, maybe you want to add in variety. So my recommendation for pretty much all nutrition things, but especially in the case of sodium or wanting to kind of cut down on any one thing is to add variety. Where can you add other things to displace what you don't want to have too much of? So any one thing can give you too much or too little of any given nutrient. And the more options you have, and the more you switch those up again, big picture. So even if you have the meat stick four days in a row, and then you switch over to the cottage cheese, great. Like we're looking at the big picture of your entire week or month rather than like, every single day has to be six different meals and snacks, you know?
1: Yeah. Ready to drink protein shakes. What should we be paying attention to? And what should we be looking for when we're grabbing one off of the shelf at our bodega, our drugstore, our 7-Eleven, you name it?
0: Yeah. So this might be unexpected. I don't want to encourage anyone to look at calories. But I do want to put it out there that if you are having one of those ready to drink shakes to replace a meal or snack, it's very likely that you're not going to have enough calories because those drinks are protein focused. They're protein forward. So, yes, they're going to give you that full serving of protein, but typically they are low calorie because they're more marketed for weight loss. And that's what people are looking for is the high protein, low calorie. So especially if you're an athlete, especially if this is your post-workout fuel, you need to replenish both protein and carbohydrates. So maybe you want to take that pre-made shake and blend it with some frozen fruit to add the carbs and make it more of a smoothie. So I would say like it's good in a pinch. You don't want to rely on them and you want to make sure you're adding the carbs if it's your post-workout refuel because you really need to get those nutrients back in you as well. Okay. That's
1: really helpful. What about the sugars in those drinks?
0: Yeah. So again, we need carbs. If you are an athlete and you're replenishing, like carbs or sugar and you're getting carbs, it's kind of not the worst thing in the world if you're aware of the fact that you're taking in more added sugar than you want to be then maybe it is something that you want to skip most of the time again by adding that variety so doing more smoothies at home you can do a protein powder though like i'm not against protein powders again it's just the variety of adding in as many different options maybe sometimes the protein in your smoothie is a pre-made bottled drink sometimes it's greek yogurt Sometimes it's protein powder and you've got that variety of options so that, you know, kind of two thirds of those don't have the added sugar. And one of them does because my stance on added sugar in general is you want to have it in the places where it makes sense. So if you're sitting down to eat a piece of cake, you know, you're eating sugar and you're very aware of it. When we have the added sugar kind of creeping into our quote unquote health foods, then it can add up faster than you think. And again, it doesn't mean you're automatically having too much, especially if you're active. Like you just need to get enough calories. That's always, always, always number one is just eating enough to meet your needs. Um, And if it's something that you know is becoming problematic, maybe your A1C is in a pre-diabetic range. Maybe there's some sort of health marker that makes you conscious of this. Then that's where you can start to think about, okay, I'll have the added sugars in my sweets where I can kind of easily... Keep track of them, not in like a counting way, but just sort of a loose awareness and then aim for more of the kind of healthy options, healthy in quotes there, like making sure that the foods you're having to fuel and refuel your workouts have less of that added sugar. Got it. Got it. Okay, so.
1: What I'm taking away here is when you can, you want to be at all times eating whole foods, right? That's the goal. You want to be getting most of your nutrition from whole food sources, really leaning in to stuff that's not processed, and then make sure that you're dividing up that protein intake throughout the day. You want ideally three to four hours between meals and snacks, and then that way you're spacing things out in a way that your body can absorb what you're after and really taking care of yourself. Absolutely. All right. So what else have we missed when it comes to the great protein discussion
0: here? Anything? I do want to say kind of going back to the like emphasis on whole foods, you know, yes, we do want that. And you also want to minimize your stress. So I'm always looking at and talking about health in a holistic way. And if you have The time and the space, and like only the time to swing by the bodega on the way home from your run and grab the the bottled protein shake, and that's what's going to allow you to have enough nutrition for the day. Like that is a thousand times better than having nothing. And the stress of like I have to get home and make my homemade smoothie is going to be worse for you than having the pre made shake. So you know, it's all in context of the bigger picture, like do what you can start where you are. And I don't think it's realistic for anybody to be doing 100% homemade. So keep it all in perspective. I do also want to add a note on plant milks and dairy because I think people are very anti-dairy these days and everything is a plant milk and that can be a major loss of protein because cow's milk is a great source of protein. And so if you are someone who cooks your oatmeal in milk or has cereal for breakfast and you take away cow's milk and switch it out with almond milk, which I like to call glorified water, um, you're losing a whole serving of protein there. So like, yes, uh, plant milks have this kind of health halo around them now, but you wanna think about yourself and your goals. And if increasing protein is a goal of yours, and if you tolerate dairy, There's really no reason to cut it out. If you don't tolerate dairy, um, you have a few options. There are things like lactate milk that re add the lactase enzyme so you can digest it. If you don't eat dairy for ethical reasons, then I recommend soy milk because that is going to have the most similar nutrient profile. It's also going to give you protein from the soy. So just because everybody and their mother is drinking almond milk doesn't mean it's the best thing for you. And if it leaves you hungry, then Have the regular milk.
1: Have the regular milk, she says. We love this. We (laughs) love this. So many helpful tips in here. I'm really glad that we were able to break this down. Again, I do want to make sure that we reiterate for the upteenth time if you are trying to hit a certain goal, have certain things on your radar, make sure you talk one on one with a registered dietitian. I'm going to link Michelle's info in the show notes to this episode if you want to reach out to her. But regardless, do yourself a favor. And get some personalized intel. Michelle, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you? Give me your information.
0: Yes, I am at Michelle Pillipich Nutrition on Instagram. My website is MichellePillipich.com. I'm Michelle Pillipich on TikTok. And I think those are all the best places to find me. I also do have a free handout that I'm going to have linked on the shop page on my website. That is a big master list of food sources of all your different macronutrients, protein, carb, fat. So people can go download that for free if they need some ideas for different sources of all these things we're talking about.
1: We love that. We love freebies. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast, another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.